had a realization recently that the type of photography I've been pursuing really doesn't hold much interest for me anymore. I enjoy the process of making pictures, but the subject matter is leaving me feeling disconnected and frankly disappointed with the pictures I am making. I was talking about it the other day with my friend John and he asked me how the work I want to create differs from the work that I think I should create. Now, it turns out that answering that question wasn't as easy as I'd thought because before you decide on the what, you first need to know the why. I'm Jeffrey Sidoris. I'm talking to John Wilkening, and this is In Between. Seth Godin always talks about writing every day and sort of committing to writing or even posting every day because that forces you to look around for things that are worth comment. Mm-hmm. And he goes, and he's like, obviously there's, you know, some, some things are going to be better than others. Sure. He's, you know, you're never going to have like the, the perfect amount, perfect quality all the way through. Right. Do you find with like a weekly photography show that principle applied there as well? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I didn't just show up and do the show on Tuesday. I mean, I, I, I started after, you know, after recording that Tuesday, I'm already kind of on the lookout and adding things to my own notes to then kind of cull through and add to the show notes during the course of the week for the next episode. Mm. has that has that thing or that has that muscle been redirected in other places or is it just you know sort of set set down if you want to say i think it's uh half and half i mean i i still have a notes file and i well not not a notes file i save things to pocket um to use as links in iterations but just posting a link is different than having a discussion, even if it's a brief discussion about an item or a topic, you know, and that's, that's the part that I kind of miss is the, the discourse around something rather than just going, Hey, I found this thing and here's this cool link that I thought you might like. I mean, that, that feels, I mean, I love doing it because I do still look around for things, but it's not as satisfying as having a brief or even a long discussion about something. Mm. Yeah, no, that, that makes sense. You know, it's something where like, you know, I put out, you know, every Monday morning I send out the, the newsletter that has like eight to 10 links, mm-hmm. but like I would, I, I think, I think I, looking at that, I've done that for so long it'd be it'd be really fun to to show to have a interaction where where it's like this is what i found and then you get that play yeah of like feedback yeah. of like oh you know that reminds me of this right to that you know and that's exactly what i'm talking about that's what i miss the discussion around it that's more than just me sitting at my computer and then hitting the share button yeah you know yeah I mean, I still, you know, don't get me wrong. Like I said, I like it. And in fact, I, I haven't done, I'd have to look back on it, but I don't, I don't remember when the last newsletter was that I 
did that I put out, um, I ended up just kind of stopping them for some reason. I, did, I didn't ask anybody whether they would prefer, you know, the audio versions or whether anybody still enjoyed it. Uh, but for some reason, I just stopped doing it. And I think I was, I, I was kind of reflecting on it a couple days ago and it felt strange to release a printed version of the podcast or a podcast version of the print, however you want to look at it. It just felt strange releasing the same thing virtually verbatim in two different formats, but maybe there's value there. Maybe, maybe that is the value is that it's two different formats. Mm, Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Um, it, I, I, my initial assumption would be that the audio version would do better mm-hmm. simply because it al- it allows people to consume it in multiple different ways and right. time periods. Right. But then again, you know, maybe part of the part of the value is being able to someone ha- valuing it enough to sit down and actually go through it. Right. You know. Right. And I don't know that I, I mean, I'm sure there's a way to do it, but I haven't tracked whether people click through in the links in the show notes the same way I could track, you know, the opens and click throughs in the newsletter. So I don't, I don't know if one is, is more uh, engaging than the other because I I haven't really looked at, it. I don't even know if there's a way to, I'm sure there is, but I haven't looked into if there's a way to track you know, click-throughs in podcast show notes. Is that in the normal metrics that are measured? I don't know. Yeah, I'm not, I, I wouldn't know. I don't know off the top of my head. But that kind of, you know, that, that question is part of what I've been thinking about for the last, I don't know, what was it? A couple of weeks ago when you, when we first talked about the idea of something like doing what you want to do versus doing what you think you should is that what it was? Oh, uh, yes. The yeah. What's the work that you want to create versus the work you think you should create? Yeah, because like that question popped in my head because you know there's definitely you know I've definitely felt it in like my own work in that I look in I look around at if you want to say the popular popular expressions of photography mm-hmm. you know look around at the instagram stars you know like everything that's getting attention mm-hmm. and that work is very different than the work i'm creating what and do like, you see it, what, what sorry to interrupt you but yeah, what yeah. is that that you see what is the work that's getting attention in in what comes up in your feed because i think people would be interested in in hearing how that compares to what they might feel is is getting the attention or is the yeah, you know yeah. the popular work of the day. Yeah, no, the there's there's definitely there's a there's layers to it in that you have on one on one level like on a larger scale you have the classic sort of I I don't mean to sound negative but the pretty picture of uh, the pretty place. Mhm the just the gorgeous sunrises and or sunsets you know so would, you, that, would you call it travel what i mean is is if you if you had to pin it to a genre 
is there a particular genre that that fits in that seems yeah. to be more popular or or more prevalent than another the travel lifestyle genre mm-hmm. seems to be it seems to i think when instagram sort of hit those photographers seem to explode on instagram faster than a lot of the other genres did hmm. and i don't i don't i don't really know why do you remember but, back in the day when bill and i talked about instagram we're like ah, eh, it's never gonna yeah, go I know. anywhere I, I, trust me i <laughs> and that's uh, why i'm not an entrepreneur <laughs> oh if, if my if my old version of me who made fun of Twitter would see how much I'm on Twitter. Right. He'd, he'd be so disappointed. Right, 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 right. You know, like. Yeah, we were, uh, we like, were well off the curve on that one. Oh, uh, that, that's an, un, that, that's being kind to say we're well off the curve, <laughs> but like, you know, so that's on one layer, that's the sort of the work that's exploded on a secondary level in terms of what I've almost more curated, my feed tends to be a lot of more classic street photography, um, work, some real, like, I'm, if you want to say I'm happy with the work that I've curated, the feed I've created, curated, but like, and, and though a lot of that work has influenced my eye in what I, in sort of my understanding of photography, mm-hmm. but like, you know, when I look on Instagram, I don't see the work I'm creating. You don't and, see the type of work that you're, yeah, that you're creating. No. Yeah. yeah. Is it that it's not out there or is it that the algorithm hasn't sort of let it through when you've, when you've liked similar work or is there nothing similar out there? To be honest, I don't know. Mm-hmm. You know, the sort of, and part of it is the the sort of as a impressionistic street photography right which is know, how you describe yourself yeah, yeah 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 that's not work that plays well in couple second scroll buys if you want to say right yeah you've got to look it, a little deeper to see what's happening yeah it I, at first glance, it looks like a bad, a bad accident. <laughs> yeah. Why? Well, here's what not to do, kids. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like it looks, it looks like someone you're like, oh, you were just publishing everything you took that day, and right. this is what happened to right. me. But you know, if you want to go back to the initial discussion, you know, part of while I was creating a lot of that impressionistic work, there's, there's def, there's definitely a part of me that was like, should I? focus my effort more on things that I see in and around me mm-hmm. in order to in order to 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 advance farther than I currently have, if that makes sense. So it would be purely a strategic decision to try and not game the system, but but to try and reach more people to get them to either like or follow. Yeah. Uh, you're like, it's one of those where it's like, 
the you see you see these certain things being more popular or more widely shared Mm -hmm. and you're like can i contribute to that stream versus it and sort of join that discussion or or is it worth it to just continue to make work by myself Mm -hmm. to see yeah and and really there's there's no way to know what would have worked better no no absolutely not but uh, but it it's the the question sort of leads to this at least in my head it leads to this notion of like is the work we create a deliberate choice or is it something deeper that has to come out does it have to be one or the other uh probably not yeah i mean i i, I hit a I hit a wall when we were in Savannah. I just, I made this realization. It was like a light went on. I made the realization straight up that I just don't like street photography. Mm-hmm. And not that I don't like looking at it. That's not it. It's, it's, it's purely from the making, you know, it's the, the, the expectation on, on some level, the expectation of street photography is, you know, at least in a certain segment. And I'm, I'm not, intending to throw street photography as an entire genre under the bus but but there is that that street photography sort of trope of you know find shaft of light wait for person to walk through shaft of light take photo <laughs> yeah you know or or find steamy window wait for person on the other side of steamy window to walk close enough to steamy window take photo yeah it, it i find it i find it sometimes hard it, it, like when i when i because if I look at my, you want to say, look at my scans or my negatives, mm-hmm. you will find that person who walks into the shaft of light photo. And one of those things where I like that aesthetic. Mm-hmm. So why don't you release it? Why don't you share those? Is it because it's expected? I think I just don't connect with them hmm. as much. So and, you can you can see them aesthetically, but they don't do much for you emotionally. It sounds like, yeah. Yeah. What you what you do see is when I've taken that shaft of light or the the light in, in when you're like in large cities like Philadelphia, when you get the sun basically going through the skyscrapers to where mm-hmm. you have like six feet of light. I've done those photos in the more impressionistic style and I've released those because they hit on that idea, but they're more mine. Right. Right. You know? So you see, you've figured out on, on some level, you have figured out a way to shoot what you should shoot that those images that resonate, but you shoot them through your sort of grid, your filter, and something unique comes out the other side. So you're you're still in the in you're on the same playing field, but you're playing a different sport. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. And it's something where, like, when you're talking about sort of your feelings on street photography, it made made sense mentally with what I know. Who I know you to be mm-hmm. in that street photography to me often feels like uh, 
an isolated, lonely type pursuit. Right. Someone who who is in the city but removed from the city enough to notice it. But anytime I'm with you in the city, you are tr- you are getting to know the people in the lives of those you interact with. And on a level that's very different than I think how most street photographers approach it. Mm-hmm. So when you when you talked about like your feelings on street photography, it made sense to where that question of like in some ways where what you're supposed to shoot versus what you I forget even how I phrase it now, but like that question, like you have a certain personality that in essence you could argue makes it harder for you to shoot street photography. Yeah. I mean, I think that's true because it, it lacks connection. It, it, it doesn't check the box that you need it to check. Right. Now I will say an exception to that is the type of street photography that Martin Roth shoots where, where it is, it is an appreciation and almost a relationship that he has developed with form with texture, with color. There's a, there's a purity of, of line and shape that goes on that transcends on some level, transcends the need to connect to that subject because it's so impersonal already, you know, Mm -hmm. whereas if I'm shooting and there's a person in the frame, I feel removed enough from that person. If there's no interaction, if there's no sort of connection or, or, uh, even a brief conversation, I feel removed enough from that situation that it's, it's not very pleasant as an experience. Mm-hmm. Do you think that's because if you, if you want to look at it, his street photography now has moved away from that impersonal and almost into the graphic design. Sure. And which then if you want to say, checks another box of your personality wheel yeah you know the thing like something that you resonate with right so so that it moves away from this area where you have a problem and then you're like oh okay here's something i can connect to yeah yeah and chris does the same thing with his work you Mm -hmm. know especially some of the work that he did remember the the um uh, like the crosswalks where it was like he he crushed the blacks of the street and just had the very graphic paint that was fantastic work and i could i could look at that and appreciate it not only from a viewer's perspective but what it must have felt like to see those scenes not through the viewfinder because chris doesn't use his viewfinder anymore but but on the back of the camera you know to see those scenes emerge and go oh man nailed it you know that that i connected to in a very different way and i think to to the point you just made of of it leaves the realm of personal and in the impersonal, I can connect to it on a different level. Mm-hmm. And I wonder, I wonder how many other people are, are kind of like shooting through the wrong lens as it is, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It, and how many people are, if you want to say denying the thing that's bump it around in their head or like deny like denying elements to what they like Mm -hmm. in in pursuit of something else 
is there a commercial component to it in your opinion? I mean, are, I would imagine, I mean, I've tried to sell prints and prints just aren't my bag. I mean, that's the people that look at my work, at least so far, the photographic work I'm talking about. I think the paintings are going to be, that's a different thing. Mm-hmm. But I think a lot of, it feels like a lot of photographers on Instagram shoot with the intent of selling prints yeah, rather yeah, than shooting that. and then going, oh, you know what? This would make a really killer print. That's almost like they're asking what would make a killer print beforehand. They're, 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 they've pre-sold the product. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I think there's, that's definitely a, a driver. I mm-hmm. mean, you, you could argue that, you know, back to the like travel and lifestyle photography, you know, that is often one of the easier means to commercialize right. one's work. Well, how many, I mean, gosh, you know, you and I've talked about this, how many of the, the landscape photographers are out there sh- shooting and doing calendars? It's inexpensive mm-hmm. to produce. And if, if that, if they hit the right note, you can sell potentially thousands of copies and you've already done the work, you know, over the course of the year, there's, there's work in the assembly of it, but it, it seems like a great return if you can find that market that clicks with your work. Yeah, I'm just thinking of like I know of one of the bigger Instagram. Are you familiar with Sam Elkins? Mm-mm. Um, I forget how many Instagram followers he has, but uh, basically, I found him because he was a uh, on YouTube doing these um these videos of like how you know how he does what he does mm-hmm. um, in terms of of shooting or processing or both. All, all the above. All the above, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I know, like, it's one of those where he went to, you know, he has a, a 753,000 followers. Wow. And, like, he's taken his work and then pitched it to brands to do, you know, lookbooks and that sort of stuff for it. Wow. Where his... If you want to say, if you look back to his earlier work, it was far more Instagram cliches, if you want to say. And like at some point it took a turn and went to, you know, and part of it, it was Sam was a very young guy when he first started. He sort of blew up on Instagram. So like that has definitely a factor to it. But then it's it's interesting that he he took that and parlayed that into into a more commercial career because of that. I wonder what was the change? What, what was there was there a specific image or maybe a specific sequence of images that got more response and that kind of signaled a change in in direction or or was he was he already making that right turn and it just happened to catch on? What like what mm-hmm. came first? I wonder. Yeah, I don't. I yeah, I don't know. Um, do you think Instagram as a platform has become like a a function as almost like a creative rudder to photographers? In that, like, you post an image, it gets a certain number of likes, and you post another, a different image, and it gets a like. It, it becomes a quantitative response system. And so then 
whether consciously or subconsciously, you then change what you shoot based off of the numbers that you get? I think there's certainly the possibility of that, yeah. I mean, look, if 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 I were going off of just off of numbers, if I if I you know, just said, "Okay, look at your work and do the stuff that gets the most sort of likes." I'd be doing nothing but self-portraits because the the self-portrait that I posted a couple of weeks ago has I th- I think it's it's if it's not the top, it's in it's in like the top five of most liked photos I've ever posted. Mm-hmm. But you know what I don't want to do? <laughs> Start posting self-portraits every week because I I find them painful. So that's an that's actually an interesting kind of metric where and and you know who knows why people liked it was it the photograph was it the explanation behind it was it a combination of both um was it the fact that that i wrote something about it and and bared a little bit of my of my discomfort and by doing that that resonate i don't know who knows i think it's an honest photograph if if i can use that mm-hmm. but it certainly doesn't affect what I'm going to post in the future. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I, I not, not that. in that way. I mean, the, the, the catharsis of posting it, that may affect what I do. You know, I've got a couple ideas for, for some other self portraits that I would like to do, but those are not for, they're not for an audience per se. They're, they're all about addressing and, and maybe taking steps to overcome some of the insecurities I have about my own appearance. Do you think some of the, the response was just because it's so different than what you know, what you've done in the past? Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, who knows? Look, regardless, I'm, I'm grateful that for whatever reason, you know, someone felt moved, connected, whatever they felt enough to, you know, tap the button because I, I hope it was the kind of photograph. I, I feel like I am, I am more grateful for the likes on that picture than I am or would be on a street photo or a landscape or a good picture (laughs) for lack of a better word, (laughs) because I think people were responding to the content, not the technique. They were, they were responding to the intent, to the purpose to the intention that I was trying to convey, not necessarily the composition, the lighting, the subject matter from a technical perspective. Okay. That that actually makes a lot of sense. At least I hope that's the case. I mean, you know, maybe some people really liked it as a black and white photograph. I don't know. But what that tells me is that intent and purpose have value. And they have a value that that goes beyond whether or not a photo is technically superior or whether or not, you know, you shot it at the right ISO or the right F-stop or whether or not there's there's fantastic bokeh or, you know, all of those things that, that we that we sometimes get hung up on. I don't know that it that it matters whether or not those things were present that the photo would would have garnered a different response. I think people were responding to 
again, the, the, the purpose or intent of the photo, not necessarily the photograph itself. Mm-hmm. And that, that sort of, if you want to say, speaks to why you take pictures to begin with. You know, it it's sort of back to the whole point of, you know, you're in the business of connecting with people. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to be. And, yeah. It, yeah. And so that you you appreciate when the when people are connecting to you in a, like the self portrait type manner. Right, right. You know, you know you become the interest to your of your own connection. Like you become the subject, mm-hmm. which is partly why you probably get very uncomfortable with that type of stereo. Yeah, it's it's yeah, it is very, <laughs> very uncomfortable. But mm-hmm. The ideas that I have for for future self-portraits push my degree of discomfort even further. They're, they're more personal or more, um, I don't want to say revealing because that sounds kind of, that doesn't, that's not the word I'm going for. But you just get to see other sides that I'm hoping will act as a therapy of sorts to get over some of the, you know, some of the feelings that I have. And I think that sharing them is just as much about sharing what's behind them as it is sharing the photograph itself. Yeah. yeah. I know that that made sense in my head. I don't know if it made sense coming out. No, no, I think it did. You know, and I, I think I feel the same, or not the same, but similarly about the paintings. You know, I don't think I'm a particularly good painter. I think I'm, I think my paintings are more designed than painterly. You know, they, I think they, especially the, the, the recent stuff, it, it really does err more on the side of, of messy graphic design, (laughs) you know? Um, And that comes out of two things. It comes out of, you know, my love of graphic design and my love of, of strong shapes and colors and my lack of ability as a figurative painter, you know, that's, I just don't have the chops to paint, you know, portraits or nudes or, or figures, especially in sort of a, a realistic way. I mean, you look at the work of somebody like Tim Okamura, who is phenomenal, or, you know, Connor Harrington, who is phenomenal as a draftsman, but also has that, that designy, graphic-y, cinematic quality to his work. And at the moment, that's just not in my wheelhouse. So I do what I do. I still put the intent and the purpose behind it, hoping that that comes through. But I don't know that anybody is is looking at my paintings going, wow, what an incredible painter. What, what, what wonderful technique, you know, because that's not what the pieces are about. Yeah, but I, I you know, as as someone who whose skill with a paintbrush is extremely minimal, what you do is impressive. Oh, thank you. It's it's different than like you know, you know those people who paint like scenes, and you're like that look like photographs, and it blows everyone's minds. Yeah, they're what you do is different, mm-hmm. but just because it's different in that manner doesn't make it less impressive you know if that makes sense no it does make sense but that's that's the big stumbling block isn't it 
And, and we all do it, whether we're oh, painters yeah. or writers or photographers, we all, or podcasters, you know, uh, Aaron Menke, is that how you pronounce his last name? The guy that did uh, Lore? Yeah, he, I think so. He posted this five-part tweet the other day talking about how four years ago he posted the first episode of Lore and nine people downloaded it. And now four years later, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's, a, it's a podcast, it's a TV show, it's a, it's a series of books, and they're at uh, a quarter of a billion downloads. And, you know, there are a couple different ways you can look at it. You can look at that as wildly inspiring and go, oh my gosh, he did that only four years ago. I can do that too. But you and I both know that's not me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, I, I read that and go, I've been at this for a decade and I'm nowhere near that. Yeah. So what am I doing? <laughs> yeah. But it's, it's funny, the more, you know, I don't know how much. I've listened to, I don't even want to know how many podcasts episodes and I've done, you know, probably been done my own and been a guest on probably nearing 60, 70 podcast sure. episodes. Sure. And it's funny when I hear people who haven't figured out how to, to do it because it's, it's funny. Podcasting is not like a regular interview. It, it takes time to be able to verbally dance with people. Mm -hmm. I forget that it's a skill and it's something, a craft that has to be learned. And I'll hear these, these conversations and you're like, why didn't they ask that question? That <laughs> right. obvious I do that all question the time. Was, yeah. Yeah. It's just dangling. Like it's one of those where they're like, they leave this juicy hanging, <laughs> right. You know, question out there. And then they're like, so what's your inspirations? And you're like, no, yeah, come no. on, come on. It's right there. <laughs> or there'll be some sort of answer. And rather than going deeper in that answer, okay, next question. You know, that uh, you, can, you can just hear it in their minds that they're just moving on to the next thing. And you go, no, no. <laughs> yeah. 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 Or, or you'll, you'll get this on certain guests who are like, these are my talking points. Right. And I want to, we want to go in this nice linear fashion and I'll say my points and I get to go home. Yeah. It's, it's like, no, I will this say is not there are, there are a lot of great shows out there. There, oh, there really are. And I think, you know, I am, I am very proud to be a part of, of that community and, and have even my own little, little corner of that of that pie, you know, that my own, my own little piece of that pie. I, I have to check myself and go, yeah, I could do a different kind of show that, that probably would have a broader appeal or, or, you know, tap into a different market segment, but I keep coming back to who and where I am. You know, mm -hmm. I keep coming back to, you know, the stories that I want to tell and, and, you know, could I expand on it and, and go out of, of, talking to just quote unquote creatives and, and go into some, absolutely, you know, absolutely. Like one of the, one of the, the ideas that, that has been floated to me and that I've been talking about is, is to do something like a humans of New York, but an audio version where you're talking to just everyday people, you know, like the, the work that studs did with, with working where you're just talking to plumbers and bricklayers and, and, 
you know, baristas and just people trying to figure out their lives and, and, and what they, what they bring to their, their work, what they get from their work, how does family play into it? You know, the whole thing is about, about just hearing and, and being heard. Mm-hmm. And that's what I, gives me such a charge, you know? Yeah. It, you know, cause I, you know, the one day when we're, I think we are going to the, we went and saw the Sally Mann exhibit. Oh, yeah. We stopped, we stopped by the post office and you're like, you're like, my man's behind the counter and you started chit chat, like talking to him. And you're like, it was like you picked up a conversation midstream yeah. with this guy. Yeah. And the, not many people have that type of interactions, particularly with people in the service industry as someone who's often on the other side of that equation. But everybody has everybody has something interesting about them. That's the thing. Oh, a hundred percent. You know, and I, I want to has... carry a mic with me all the time, and I don't. I keep saying I'm going to, and I don't. I sometimes do, but not often enough. And those moments, you know, how many times have have you and I been talking about something, and we're like, why why weren't we recording this? You know, I mean, it happens. It happens all the time with just people that I happen to come across. And I, I think that, that for me, what do you want to do versus what should you do? At least when, with regard to podcasting, they're one and the same. I want mm-hmm. to talk to more people and I should talk to more people. Like the, those two things are, are one and the same. And, and in, in those, in those two things, a different audience will be reached. Yeah. And it doesn't matter whether it's bigger or smaller that, that, you know, the numbers are important to advertisers, but they're not necessarily important to creating a thriving community or, or, or tribe. You know, I would rather have the audience that I have who are very engaging and I get emails and messages and, and I love it and I appreciate it. I would rather have that than feel like I'm talking to a hundred thousand people completely anonymously but it allows me to do Squarespace and stamps.com ads. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, like yeah. that, that doesn't hold much interest to me. Mm, yeah. But I think like you, you're one of those people like in, and this is partially what I think, what I got out of when that your response to sort of the Patreon idea was that you have, an idea of who you are and what you want to do and create. And you're going to go, for, you're going to go through with that as opposed to picking the popular, picking what's that, like doing something at, to, to get some other byproduct. Like you're not going to create a show just to sell ads. No, no, no. I mean, there are a few, you know, there are certain products, services, companies that I would love to be aligned with, you know, that I would love to, to support and, and spread the word about. And a couple of those, you know, we, we had on OTP, I mean, off the top of my head, masterclass. I love their classes. I think they're really well done. You know, some of them are better than others, but the production value is consistent. I think the pricing is very fair. 
um, you know, I would love to be involved with them. And maybe it, maybe it's a, it's just a matter of, of making the ask, you know, mm-hmm. I know you're not going to give me the CPM of, you know, Marin or Rogan, but what about X and an all access pass? And I'll give you, you know, four spots a month or what, you know, whatever it is, Yeah, you know, and, and approach the, the people that I believe in and go, look, this is not an enormous community, but it is a purposeful community. It is, it is, uh, uh, an engaged community and maybe that's worth something to you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 The whole Patreon yeah. thing is just, <laughs> I don't even want to talk about it. It's just, <laughs> I think I've covered that. Yeah. I, I kicked that hornet's nest quite nicely. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what did you, what did you tell you tweeted me that the good John giveth and the good John taketh away? <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's an interesting question, though. I mean, the, the work you want to create, first of all, you have to define what that is. Mm-hmm. And, and photographically for me, I don't know what that is. I don't know. That's, that was part of the whole, you know, camera saga. It's like, who's, who's going to show up to use this thing? Mm-hmm. Because there, the the the, you could argue. That, well, maybe you couldn't, but I sure did. That, <laughs> that, that there were two different use cases for the hard for the pieces of hardware. There were there mm-hmm. were two different sort of purposes that that you would choose one over the other, and that was that was at the core of it. Is what do I want to make? Mm-hmm. And I think even with with regard to the paintings. You know, I've already made more paintings this year than I did all of last year. Yeah. I think I've made double or triple the number of paintings that I've made, you know, so far as of, what is it, March, May? No, March. So in the first, not even the end of the first quarter, I've already, you know, well surpassed what I did all of last year. And I haven't sold them. They're not moving, but there are a whole host of things behind that. You have to actually tell people you have them. That's when, that's when 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 we argued that you need to be able to se- you need to sell them to be able to move. <laughs> right, right. So you know, but even even getting to that point where you're okay just with the making, you know, mm-hmm. I know a lot of people out there struggle with the making. A lot of people that listen to the shows have written to me and talked about finding that drive to get out and make and. I struggle with it too, but at the end of the day, you know, you've got to find your own why. And this is, this is fun because it has inspired me to start asking people in no uncertain terms, why do you do X? Because mm. we've talked about the what, we've talked about, you know, the how. Let's not dance around this. Why do you do this? And I think that that's going to be a fascinating series of answers. You know, there are a couple that I've gotten so far and I'm going back to, to sort of re-ask some questions and then reach out to, to people I haven't spoken to yet and ask the same question. And, and I think, I think getting to the core of why will be very interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that is a, that, that becomes the root cause of everything else that everything that drives from there on out. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, it's the first mover. Yeah. 
in terms of that, you know. I, I wonder what's easier to answer, why you don't do something or why you do it? Uh, probably why you don't do it. Yeah. Because that's, that's that seems to be a more conscious decision. I could definitely answer why I don't do something a lot easier than why I do something. Other than maybe pick up like dirty clothes or something, you know, like a dirty. <laughs> well, de- why don't you do this? Yeah, you know, that sort of stuff. But like, it's real easy to explain why I shoot film over digital, or make in some, or why I don't do fill in the blank. Right. You know, but like, what? Why I do something? Like, sometimes it's just because you thought it was a good idea. <laughs> Right. You know, like something as silly as that. Right. To see what would happen. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. You know. I mean, I know that's, but, that's at least part of why you built that giant camera. Oh, yeah. Because you, you couldn't know what the outcome would be. Yeah. So there had to be something else driving that. Yeah. You know, I did that to see if, to, to see if I could do it. To see if it could be done. Sure. And, and you learn so much in that pursuit of doing something that everything in certain other things become easier and spark other things. And it just, it, it becomes that creative snowball Mm -hmm. that creams down and maybe takes out a village or two. (laughs) (laughs) Has that always been the case for you in, in terms of you, you look at, you look at the road to the destination, not the destination or not the destination at the beginning. Yeah. I, I find that, I find that I'm really bad at like, you know, what's your five year plan and like all that stuff. I'm, I'm far easier. Like what's the thing directly in front of your face that you're doing. And then you just repeat that, you know, after you get done that, what's the thing that that sparks? Right. I'm good at following rabbit holes. Yeah. Yeah. Rabbits down holes. I forget how you would phrase that, but like, I'm really good at that. I'm not good at being like, execute on this plan that will get you famous. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I missed that memo myself. I'm real bad at that. Yeah. There's an interesting interview. I'll have to see if I can find it. I'll send it to you with Brian Eno. And he's talking about creativity and making and how he says he's only ever had one idea his whole life and he's just been doing it a hundred ways ever since. Yeah. And this, and that, this may be a topic for another episode, but I've heard someone basically state that the art you create is, is basically your idea of what the first art you saw or resonated with. Like it, it, like basically younger, you got imprinted with a, with an idea of what art is that older you just begins chasing. Hmm. Gosh, that's a, you know, hmm. The first, the first art exhibit or the first museum I remember going to the first thing I ever remember seeing at a museum was the touring show for, for Tutankhamun. Oh, nice. At the LA Museum of Art. We did, we did a school field trip there. That's the first thing that I remember. First time I remember going to a museum and seeing something 
beautiful, that had value. That that concept was very strange. We had to like walk with our hands together, you know, like clasp so we wouldn't touch anything. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You don't want to be like that, that guy in Philadelphia that sat on the Ming Dynasty <laughs> chair and broke it. No, no. Real story. <laughs> yeah. You know, or, or the, uh, the, let's see, what would I have been? A, the sophomore version of me who in chemistry decided to turn the little knob on the barometer and mercury went all over the floor. <laughs> uh, good times. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Never seen the chemistry professor move so fast. He jumped up and grabbed me by the scruff. Hey, you. Yeah. <laughs> Hauled me down oh. to the principal's office. <laughs> wow. Uh, unfortunately, I need to go pick up Miles here. Yeah, no, this is good. This is good. Um, <laughs> You know, I, th- I think there are some definite opportunities to go a little deeper into this, but I, th- I oh, think yeah. this kind of whets the appetite for where it can go. Yeah. Subscribe to Jeffrey Sidoris Everything in your favorite podcast app to get every in-between, every iteration, every process driven, as well as special one-off conversations all in one feed. You can connect with me on Instagram and Twitter at Jeffrey Sidoris. That's J-E-F-F-E-R-Y-S-A-D-D-O-R-I-S or on my website at jeffreysidoris.com. You can find John on Instagram at John Wilkening. That's J-O-N-W-I-L-K-E-N-I-N-G or by visiting his website at johnwilkening.com. Thanks very much for being here. I hope you enjoyed it and I'll talk to you on the next one.